0: I've told you this probably a million times. I'll probably say it another million. I love Christmas. I just love Christmas. I, I love Christmas so much. I love everything about it. I love everything about Christmas. I, I, I just love Christmas so much. And and I tell you what, I'll be honest, okay? I'm, I'm a normal human being. I like gifts. I, there I said it. I admitted it. I like gifts. I like Giving gifts, I love to give gifts. I, one of the smartest things, Not a, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. And i tell you what this one did. I got, I joined up a, a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. How many of you have the Amazon Prime? Oh, you've got to love the Amazon Prime. Oh, man, I tell you what. I, I click buy, and they send me stuff for free. Now, they don't send me free stuff. They send it to me for free in two days, two days. I get all this free Well, not free stuff, but it's stuff I paid for. But I get it in two days, and that's just awesome. You know, and it doesn't cost me a thing to get it extra. It doesn't cost me anything extra to get it to me that fast. And and it comes to my office, which is really, really, really great, because then my kid doesn't try and sneak around the house looking for his gifts. How many of you did that as a kid? Yeah, oh, yeah. Admit it, admit it. No lying in church. So... I got the Amazon Prime. They're sending me my gifts, and I'm so excited to give gifts because I love to give gifts. I'm so excited because I love, like, the whole process of picking out a gift for somebody and thinking, okay, they're going to love this. They're going to just anticipating the look on their face when they open it, you know. I just love giving gifts. And whether it's a gift card, you know, it's like, oh, man, this is great. I love this place. Or or if it's a, a present, uh, something wrapped in. Now, how many of you, when you get a package, when you get a gift, it's all wrapped up and everything, how many of you actually sit there and, like, Open it carefully and save the, the wrapping paper. And are you serious? No, that's not, that's no fun. You know, I mean, when you get that gift, you tear into that thing. You rip it. no one's saving. Saving the paper. Paper's cheap. Rip into that thing. That person wants to see you, open that gift. I am a tear into it kind of guy. I'm just, I gotta see what's in this package. And I tell you what, as much as I love giving gifts, I'll be honest, I like to get gifts too. You have 11 shopping days to shop for Sean for Christmas. 11 shopping days left. That's it. You know, I'm just saying, you know, and whether it's a gift card to a store with a little red star on it, <laughs> hint, 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 or, uh, or a big, big, big present that I can tear into. I, I love it all. I, I love to get gifts. And if you're honest, be honest. How many of you like to get gifts? It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. We're human, right? We like to receive gifts. When I was a kid, coolest gift I ever got. It was the best gift ever. When I was a kid growing up, we got a Nintendo Entertainment System for Christmas one year with the power pad. The power pad right there. Yeah, it had a power pad and it came with a track and field game and you could run and I'm not gonna jump, but you could jump. If I jump I'm gonna like twist my ankle or something (laughs) and I'll have to preach the rest of the sermon sitting on a chair in incredible pain, but um we had this awesome gift, and this was the best, and like, this is like, it was the greatest. It, we couldn't wait to get into this thing and play all these games. We played all the Nintendo games and Super Mario Brothers and the, and the track and field, and, and, and we had the little gun for the duck hunting game. It was great. Oh, man. Ah, I love the Nintendo. That's like the best gift ever. That's like the, one of the few gifts, sorry, Mom and Dad, it's one of the few gifts I actually remember getting for Christmas when I was growing up which should tell me something about my own giving of gifts to my child. Go big or go home, <laughs> basically. Because he ain't going to remember any of them, but, uh, except the big ones, maybe the Xbox he got a couple years ago. But um, I tell you what, I love to give gifts. And I love to get gifts. Gifts are great. It's one of the, my favorite parts about Christmas. And if you're honest, you probably say, yeah, it's one of my favorite parts too, either giving or giving, or both. You know, I, and I think about why do we love to give gifts so much? You know? Why why are we so crazy about gifts and, and you know, I mean, if, if we're honest, we, we will admit, yeah, we love to give and get gifts. You know, whether it's a it's a, a card that comes from grandma, you know, grandma sends you a card and you open it up to see what's inside. Oh look, it's a quarter. <laughs> or or if it's a box, you know, and you tear into the box. As, you know, when you're a kid, you tear into the box and you're hoping, please let it be a toy. Please let it be a toy. It's a sweater. And when you're a kid, there's no worse gift to get than a, maybe underwear. Underwear would be worse than a sweater, but that's about it. It's the only thing worse than a sweater is underwear for Christmas. Now, when you get older, you get a sweater. It's like, I got a sweater. I think it's because we get colder as we get older. It's like, I need a sweater. Not today. Oh, man, how many of you love this? This, this April and December? Huh? This is great. This is the best December ever. But I, I think about, you know, this, the, the gifts that we get, the gifts that we give, and, and why we love getting gifts and why we love giving gifts so much. And it's just, I, I think it's because, honestly, I, I have a very, very um, theological reason for why we love to give gifts so much. It's because we are made in the image of God. And the Bible tells me that God loves to give gifts. For example, in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mountain. He says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Now in Luke, we hear the context of being the greatest gift that God gives us is the gift of salvation and the Holy Spirit. But here we see, God loves to give gifts to His children. He says, if you who are evil, and let's face it, we're all pretty much on the naughty list. But if we love to give gifts to our kids, how much more is God, who is good all the time, how much more does He delight in giving good gifts to His children? He loves to give us gifts. And I think that's kind of why we like to give gifts, because we're made in His image. That God delights in giving gifts to His children, just as I delight in giving gifts to my children child I only have one I love to give gifts I love it and, and I believe that, that when I'm giving a gift that, that, that puts a smile on someone's face whether it's my, my son or my wife or my friends when I give that gift it's such a warm feeling such a wonderful feeling and I wonder if, how God feels when He gives His children a gift, a gift of, of, of hope, a, a gift of salvation. You know, we, we we're talking about hope for the holidays here on Sunday mornings, and we're talking about how we live in a world that's pretty hopeless right now. I said last week that I read a, a statistic that said less than half of Americans believe that things are going to get better. We live in hopeless times, whether it's from from the violence in our streets to terrorism, drug addictions, all kinds of different things going on in our world that we have no control, it feels like we got no control over. And we all feel pretty hopeless. And and we wonder, how are we going to, how are we going to go, how are we going to keep going? People are hurting and people are, are down and depressed and dealing with despair. People are hopeless. But we're talking about how we can have hope. And I believe that we can have hope. I believe that there really is hope for the holidays. And that we can have it. And it it comes in the person of Jesus Christ. It's what Christmas is all about. It's about having hope for the holidays. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture today that has nothing to do with Christmas. Yay! Now we're going to look at the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And in the book of Romans, in the... Chapters 3 and 4, Paul uh, creates a, a, a great argument for Uh, justification by faith that when we put our faith and trust in jesus christ when we believe in him and we repent from our sins we confess our faith and are baptized that that god washes us clean he cleanses us from our sins he justifies us and and that's what he talks about here i want to talk about this word justification for a minute as we look at romans 5 verses 1 through 11 we're going to look at the first five verses first if you brought your bible turn to romans 5 if you didn't bring a bible you can grab one out of the chair in front of you or you can look it up on your phone your tablet. It's on page 798 of the Bible in the chair in front of you, page 798. And we're going to talk about this word justification for just a few minutes. And we're going to talk about how we can have the hope of salvation. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Now, this word justification, this word justified, is a great word. It's a legal word. It's a legal term that means that that it's it's it means that not only has have you been forgiven, but it's like you've never done anything wrong at all. I, I liken it to a blackboard. Let, let me show you this. Okay, let's think of some sins that you may commit. Um, maybe a a sin like uh, anger, like unrighteous anger, losing your temper, kind of thing, screaming at everybody, and doing all kinds of horrible things on the road, uh, road rage kind of stuff. And there's lust. There's lies, uh, adultery, all kinds of terrible, you know, drunkenness, all kinds of stuff that you all do. And <laughs> can I spell that right. So, <laughs> it's my halo. So we've got these sins that we commit and, and things that we do that we know are wrong and and, and and when God comes along, we sometimes think of forgiveness like this that it's like it's everything's been erased right and so we're the, the, the board is erased but here 's a problem you know you can still kind of see it, and you can see that someone has written on the board there 's still some residual dust and dirt, and you can kind of see the words even still and and it feels like we haven't been forgiven all the way it feels like there's still something holding on to us there's still something within us that that says i don't know that i'm forgiven let me show you what god does when we put our faith and trust in jesus and he washes us clean he literally it's 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 a a, a way of saying this it's just as if i'd never sinned this is what justification does it's like taking this this wet washcloth and just washing the board clean totally clean all the dust all the words all the sins everything is completely washed clean it's like the board's never been written on at all it it looks almost brand new and when god forgives your sins when he justifies you by his grace through faith in jesus christ we it's like he washes you completely clean he almost turns you into teflon Okay, it's like the accusations that the enemy brings against you, and the accusations that the enemy throws against you—they don't even stick. They just wash. They just fly right off of you. There are no accusations that can be brought against you that'll stick. It's just as if no one's ever written. It's as, it's as if you've never sinned at all. And I know that's kind of hard to comprehend. It's kind of hard to believe. Wait, is that true? It, it, when God looks at me through, the eyes, uh, through his eyes of grace, when he looks at me through his eyes of love, when he looks at me through the lens of his son, Jesus, the, the, the book of Galatians says that all of you who have been baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ, that when you are clothed with Christ, God no longer sees you. He sees Jesus. And you may be thinking, oh, there's no way. way." There is a way, and it's through faith in Christ. And the, <laughs> the cool thing about this gift, this gift of grace, this gift of love, the cool thing about it is that it is completely, 100% totally free. Not just free shipping, but the gift is free. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This gift is free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't do enough good deeds for it. You can't help enough little old ladies cross the street. You can't be good enough for this gift. It is a free gift of God's grace. And he gives it freely to everybody. For everyone. All you got to do is accept it. This wonderful gift gives us hope. That This is hope right here, my friends. This is hope. That your sins are no longer held against you. Your sins are no longer counted against you. Your sins are washed clean, washed away. Your sins are gone. The Bible says that God, when He forgives, He forgets. He chooses to forget the fact that we've sinned. He chooses to forget the sins that we've committed. I will remember their wickedness no more. I will remember their sins no more. What a wonderful, amazing promise that God chooses to, and and will say, but God, I did this. But God, I did that. Oh, you saw me do this. You saw me do that. Lord, I'm a horrible, terrible, awful sinner. God looks at you and says, I have no idea what you're talking about. I see Jesus. Because you are clothed with Christ. Yes. That's awesome. That gives me hope. That gives me hope that no matter how how bad I fail, no matter how miserably I, I mess things up, that God's grace is greater than my sin. God's grace is greater than my failures. God's grace is greater than my mistakes. God's grace is greater than my tra- transgressions. That God forgives me. And He forgives you too. That's what hope is. That this hope that we have is not just hope here on earth but it's hope for all eternity let's keep going verses six through eight you see at just the right time just the right time when we were still powerless helpless christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die but god demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us He didn't wait for us to clean up our act. He didn't wait for us to get our act together. He didn't wait for us to to clean up everything and and to to get right. and and How many of you have ever heard somebody say, well, once I get my act together, then I'll come to church. Once I get things straightened out in my life, I'm, I'm too bad to go to church. You're right, you are. But God welcomes you anyway. God says, come on. Because my son, Jesus died for every single one of you. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, that's the, exactly what it says. It says uh, that, uh, th- that Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for the sins of everybody, everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus died for you. If, I, I don't care if, Uh, If you're young or you're old if you're Male or female it doesn't matter If you're an addict it doesn't matter if you're an Alcoholic it doesn't matter whatever You've done it doesn't matter Uh, If you're a liar it doesn't Matter if you're an adulterer It doesn't matter Uh, if You are a straight Or gay or it doesn't matter What you've done it doesn't matter where You've been it doesn't matter the things You've said it doesn't matter the thoughts you've thought Jesus before you ever thought those Thoughts before you ever did those things before you ever said those words, before you ever committed those sins, Jesus died for you. That's what he did. And while you were still in your sins, while you were still helpless, while you were still hopeless, Jesus says, I'll die for you. That's exactly what he did. And he gave up his life and he suffered on the cross. And he took the punishment that we deserve. And he took, the God's, took God's wrath that we deserve. He took the death that we deserve. And he took it upon himself to spare us from it. And God gave up his one and only son so that we could be forgiven. So that we could have hope of eternal life. And we don't have to live that way anymore. We don't have to be stuck in those same addictions. We don't have to be stuck in those same patterns. We don't have to be stuck in those same sins. But God has given us his Holy Spirit to set us free. To make better choices. To make better decisions. To to live lives of holiness and righteousness. Not as a way of earning our salvation or earning our keep or keeping ourselves saved. But as a way of responding to the grace that has saved us. While we were still sinners, while we were still liars, while we were still arrogant, while we were still proud, while we were still addicts, while we were still alcoholics, while we were still filled with lust, Christ died for us. He didn't say from the cross, okay, this is for everybody who's got their act together. He didn't say from the cross, this is for everybody who's going who's not going to sin. This is going to be for everybody who does everything except these sins. He said, Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. And then he died. And he was raised on the third day to give us hope. Real, solid, everlasting hope of salvation. Let's finish the passage looking at verses 9 through 11. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. What a beautiful word this word is, reconciliation, because it means to take two enemies and make them friends see the bible tells us in the book of ephesians that we were once enemies of god in our minds because of our sinful behavior because of the sins we've committed but when jesus came along and he did away with our sins when he died for us while we were still sinners when jesus died for our sins and he brought us forgiveness from our sins he says no longer do do i count you as an enemy god says you're no longer my enemy but you are my friend you are my friend To be a friend of God. This is possible. To be a friend of God. You don't have to be enemies of God anymore. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's wanting you to be his friend. He wants to be your friend. All you gotta do is say yes. I'll be your friend. Because he wants to be yours. This ministry of reconciliation that he is that he has performed through his son Jesus makes us his friends. My little guy was watching Toy Story yesterday. The song, the theme song of the movie is You've Got a Friend in Me. It's my song to my son. I created a little video about it once. And and we sing it together. You've got a friend in me. Some other folks may be bigger, smarter than I am. Uh, some Some other folks may be smarter than I am, bigger, stronger too. But none of them will ever love you the way I do it's me and you boy that's how the song goes and that's what I sing to him and I get teary every time I sing it I believe that God is looking down on us saying you've got a friend in me there is no one bigger there is no one stronger there is no one smarter but there is no one who will love you the way I do you've got a friend in me I don't know about you but I want to be God's friend I hope you do too and that's what this whole thing is about this the reason that Jesus came is to give hope in our lives that we don't have to be enemies of God anymore that our sins can be washed away that we can be free we can be forgiven we don't have to face the consequences of our sins anymore we don't have to face the wrath of God anymore no our sins can be forgiven and it's by God's grace through faith in Christ so if you have never put your faith in Jesus, if you have never made a step of faith and said, you know what, I want to I believe in him, I want to repent for my sins, I want to confess my faith, I want to get baptized, today I want to invite you to do that. Don't live as an enemy of God any longer than you have to. Become his friend today by accepting this gift of salvation that he has for you. Accept this gift of hope that he has for you. You can do that today. We had a baptism in our first service. Little Alicia Martinez came and got baptized this morning. It was awesome. And I want to invite you to do the same thing today. Or if you have been baptized, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you're following him, that's great. Now it's your job to help somebody else find him. Help somebody else become a friend of God. My challenge for you today is if you know Jesus, then I want you to invite somebody to come to join us for Christmas Eve. Join us for our Christmas Eve services this year. Invite someone to come to Christmas Eve with you. 4.30 and 6 o'clock on December 24th. We're going to have a great service. We're going to sing Christmas carols. We're going to light candles. We're going to try not to burn the new chairs down. Please don't burn my new chairs down. I hadn't thought of that one. I want you to invite somebody to Christmas Eve service we're going to talk about the God of hope that night because I think there are so many people who need to hear about the hope that Jesus gives and they can begin a relationship with him even this year before you know, this could be the greatest Christmas they ever have so invite somebody say hey you know what you or, or come next Sunday come, come with me next Sunday come get a cup of grindhouse coffee it's regularly two bucks at the store it's going to be free here Bring somebody so they'll hear the message, so they'll hear the good news, so they'll hear the hope that they can be a friend of God. There's one more kind of gift that I didn't talk about that I want to talk about for just a minute. How many of you have ever re-gifted something? You can admit it. It's all right. Don't lie in church. There is one gift that I believe is, is worthy of re-gifting. It's a gift that we've received. And it's a gift that should be re-gifted. And it's the gift of hope. The gift that God has given to us, the gift of salvation, the hope of salvation that we have, is a gift that we should not keep to ourselves. But it is a gift for everyone. For everyone. And we need to give that gift away. Say you got to hear this. You've got to have this gift. You've got to get this gift because it is going to change your life. It is going to change not only your life here on earth, but it is going to change your life literally forever. This is the gift of salvation, the hope of salvation that we have. And it came in the form of a little baby who grew up to be the man who would die for our sins, raised on the third day, and who's coming back again. And we're going to talk about that next week as we celebrate the gift.